Especially since my mother-in-law's here, I should say that's special. Uh, we went to go visit them, and she followed us home. <laughs> um, I, I will say that, that uh, we went to church services, of course, with my boys in Wichita, and then uh, went to church with Gingy, my mother-in-law, last weekend. But while we were in service, I had my phone out. And I was checking, I wasn't, I was, I was checking on services here. I, I didn't turn up the volume or anything, but I could see Eric was leading. And then, then after a while, I'd put it away and then I'd pick it up again. Oh, there's Kevin and he's preaching. That was nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was able to not follow it that, that day, but, uh, or maybe later that day, I got to watch the whole service and, and that was good. Uh, but nothing beats being together. Nothing beats being together. And I know that slowly and gradually, we're, we're seeing more folks come back. And, and I will say it again, that as long as there's still a threat of the virus, you know, we encourage those that are at home. We're grateful that you're joining us, and, and we do want you to be safe. Uh, there are those of you who are wearing the mask, and I appreciate that. And those of you who are feeling freedom and not having to wear the mask, we will just say that that. We don't want to be divided. We'll put the mask over here and the unmask over here. We, we just want to say uh, that, that there, this is a, a time where we don't want to see condemnation. You know, just look at people and, oh, they're evil. Or, oh, they're evil. Uh, we're all in Christ. And our pursuit is going to be the same. Uh, we are, you know, we, we're going to do the things. Uh, and, and continuing on the service the way we are, it, its intent is to Stick with the health department, what they recommend, it, rec- recommend us doing, the separation that we have here, and, and so, somewhere in masks and, and still doing the communion this way. There will be a day when this is done, and I am looking forward to that. Whether it's when Jesus returns, woohoo, or, or uh, uh, we're just, the door, the floodgates are open and everyone could join us. So, man, if you're watching us, uh, we're so grateful that you're watching us. I'm so grateful to be able to see and greet you at the door as you come in. I haven't greeted everyone. I'm seeing some folks that I missed, and, and I apologize for that. I will see you afterwards. Uh, anyway, we, we were talking about armoring up. Armor up. Ephesians chapter 6 has been the focus of, of our uh, messages here the past few weeks. And, and let me tell you, in Ephesians 6, it's like... Paul has this uh, great conclusion that he's writing in this chapter 6 as he's wrapping up this letter, this important letter. Two, two key things that, that remind me of Paul as he's going through. He's reminding the Ephesians of the salvation that you have or, or the, the, what, what we have in Jesus. This is what you have in Jesus. And then the second part of that letter goes into this, this is how you live. And then in this conclusion he said, you, you want to know how to live, put this on. Put on this armor. And so far what we've talked about, boy, that centerpiece, that very first item that came up is that belt of truth. That belt of truth. And, and even I, I believe even Kevin had mentioned this, that how they are so connected together. 
the whole armor. But it begins with that belt of truth of which everything else established is, is established upon. The breastplate of righteousness after that. Wearing his righteousness. And, and then thinking about, uh, Kevin had the opportunity to share with you. I'm so glad. Yeah, I, I want to throw out a word because I believe that's a part of what we're doing with Kevin when he comes up here to, to preach. It's called discipleship. Are you with me? That, that young man's being stretched, and I believe that he has handled the Scripture well. And, and the boy did not wear out the carpet this time. As he preached the whole time, right? But, but Kevin did a great job, and, and, and I felt like he was just really communicating well. And there was some confidence there. I love that. I love that. And, and going to keep our eyes on him and continue praying for that young man for days to come. Um, uh, the, the, the fact that he, one, one of the key things he says, do not ignore your call. His responsibility was the shoes, right? The shoes that are fitted or prepared uh, to, to carry about that, that uh, gospel of peace uh, that, that we're to, so, so obviously in, in this whole uh, uh, armor that we're putting on, we have this idea that, that, man, there's a purpose, there's something that we are going to do with those shoes on. So don't forget, don't ignore your call, which is involved in love and ministry. Michael Berg had the, the next uh, specific place, uh, the item. Uh, Michael Berg preached about faith, that shield of faith. And in that, he, he, he very much uh, focused on the fact that faith is not something we just talk about. Oh, well, yeah, I have faith. But faith is something that is active within us. It is doing something. It is, it is involved very much in that life of Jesus. It's that, that his life is actually becoming our life, or our life is becoming his life. And, and we're living more and more for Jesus in every day as we grow. Uh, I also appreciate the fact that he talked about our, our faith and showed that illustration of the shields coming together. It, it is that protective, that, that faith is a protection over us from the enemy, Satan, and even as we come together, how strong is that? How protective is that? The importance of our togetherness. Uh, and, and Michael emphasized that, so I appreciate that. Today, since I'm back, we're looking at Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 17. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking at that next item that, that Paul mentions. Let me read the whole, whole chapter for you. I mean, the whole, whole verse, sorry. Scared, scared you all. This guy's going to take off. He hadn't been here for two weeks. He's ready to go for a whole chapter. Anyway, verse 17 says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Of course, we're doing today the helmet of salvation. Our focus today is on that helmet of salvation. Next week, we'll finish off that whole uh, armor that's put on uh, by talking about the sword of the Spirit. But the helmet of salvation... Uh, to, to think about the helmet of salvation, I'm just going to dive right into it. And the first point this morning is that this helmet is God's rescue for us. This helmet is God's rescue for us. This salvation is for humanity. And, and I, one, one thing that's emphasized, I think Kevin brought it up as well, uh, that, that every part of this armor is given to us by God. It's not that we pick up, go find this, and, and wear this. Every part of this armor is given to us by God. That breastplate of righteousness, the truth, absolutely. 
uh, the, the feet, that gospel of peace, every, every part of it represents what God has given us. And this helmet of salvation is God's to give. If, if you wonder, well, well, where did Paul get this idea? What a great idea to, to use this imagery of the armor to talk about what we're putting on, what we're adorning ourselves with uh, in order to live this life for Jesus. I, I, I believe he actually got it from Isaiah. In the Old Testament, it speaks of, of at least part of the armor that God wore. Uh, Isaiah 59, I, I believe verse 17, where, where in that imagery... God, he's speaking about God coming to the defense of his people, and, and he's adorned with, with some of this armor. Specifically, it, it, it speaks that God is wearing a breastplate of righteousness. It's his righteousness. And, and the helmet of salvation, again, it is his salvation. And as Paul speaks to the Ephesians, he, he has this image himself that what God has, he is now giving to us. We have his righteousness, and we also have his salvation upon us. And, and guess what? We need his salvation. Do I have to make that point? <laughs> are, are you aware of what's going on in this world? Even, even surrounding your own life. But, but we look out in society today, and, and it's messed up. You know, political year? Yeah, I, I've been in this world a little while. And, and I don't remember a political year being this bad. I remember some bad things and, and awful comments and, and infighting and, and, and things like that going on. I have never known it to be. I, I, maybe, maybe you're with me on this. Maybe you, some of you have been around a little longer than I have. You've seen some ugliness before, violence, some, some terrible things. Hatred is evident. Are we right? Hatred is just blatant. Uh, and the, the things of this world continue to be around us, greed, uh, things, things of, of greed and lust, adultery is, is ongoing, I mean, just murder, you name it. And, and we look at the world and we could, we could witness it if you just turn on the TV and, and watch some news. Turn on the local channel. soldier that was killed just recently murdered, found in, in our area. Oh man, it's It's, it's awful. But I, I want to let you know that I look at that and I say, man, every sin that I could see that's, that's very much working in this world today has been here. I, can, I can say, man, that, that, that uh, you know, deceitfulness, that, that lust, that, that hatred, those things I practiced when I was following the things of this world. Uh, matter of fact, uh, looking at the, the Scripture... That, that's exactly what Paul did with the Ephesians in this letter. He said, hey, I want to remind you, this is where you came from. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Right? Do we need to be reminded of that? I mean, we all know that, right? We're with that. It's, it's not just talking specifically to the Ephesians. I, I think we could read that and also remember that we were dead in our transgressions and sins. That's the place that we uh, had created for ourselves, our sins, and, and therefore we were dead in our transgressions and sins. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient." Uh, it, you belong to Satan. Who, you, who were you following except Satan himself? Following the things of this world? Man, you belong to him. And that's what he's saying. You, you once were following 
him. You were following the evil one. And then verse 3 says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. James, I appreciate going to to James, I believe it's chapter 4, verse 4, where he identifies those who are followers of this world are the enemy of God. Specifically, he says, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. I want to make that very clear. If we are not in Christ, if we are, if we are following the things of this world, James made it clear, we are the enemy of God. That's who we are when we're separated by him, by our sinfulness and brokenness. Enemy of God. Not children of God. Enemy of God. And, and we need to realize that. That's what our sin has done. And, and matter of fact, the last part of verse 3 says we are deserving of wrath. We, 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 boy, we have to grasp and understand. That's, this is exactly what the Scripture is saying. We are sinful. There is a reason that Jesus came into this world. You see, sinfulness within us creates, uh, creates a debt that you cannot pay. The sinfulness, the sin that you've committed creates a debt that you cannot pay, nor can anyone else. You know, well-intentioned mothers, right, they, they would give their lives to their children. I know that's true. And if, if a young teenage man or, or, or a young man is rebellious and sinful, she could stand up and just say, I will die for him, for his sinfulness. Nope, ain't going to happen because mama's sinful. Mama has a debt that she has to pay as well. Or even daddy can't. No one is able. No one is able. No one it, it can, can stand up and declare, I have never sinned. I, I am without sin. You all are sinful. I am not. I don't need a Savior. It's just not possible. <laughs> Anybody want to stand up and say you're wrong? No, I see a lot of, no, no, no. Man, that, that's the beginning step of understanding why Jesus had to come. He's the helmet. He's the, he is the salvation that God sent. He is the provision. God's son, sinless, sinless, came into this world in order that, what, well, what's the debt of my sin? Well, the debt of my sin is exactly what, it's, what it says there. Uh, deserving of God's wrath, it is death. The, 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 the price for my sinfulness, the debt that I have to pay, is death. Uh, not something you could just go write a check for and hand it over, is it? It's death. And I want to be clear about this. Yes, we could go into the scriptures and see that physical death came about with the introduction of sin, right? Uh, God told Adam and Eve, that's it. Uh, you will now, your days are going to be numbered now. And, and we've known physical death uh, ever since. But the death we're also speaking about is an absolute separation from God. Revelation calls it the second death. Where in that, those who, who are not ready or prepared or who have been saved are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation. Very clear. It, there, there is a death that we face when this physical body is done. 
if we are not prepared and have received this salvation, which comes through Jesus. Which comes through Jesus. Ephesians 2, the next two verses, 4 and 5. Here's what Paul says. But be cut, now let me see. Verse 4, jumped over it. I need glasses. No, there it is. But because of his great love for us, don't miss that. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. Okay, go back. He said in verse 1, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. You were dead. That's the pronouncement. I mean, you're already, I mean, death is working in you. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. But now he's made us alive in Jesus Christ. How did he do that? Jesus died in your place. His perfection, his uh, absolute uh, righteousness in living life, never sinning, was able to go to the cross on your behalf. Woo-hoo, right? Amen. And, and, and God raised him from death. Death had no hold on him. It had no hold on There's no condemnation upon him. And, and he now lives and is at the right hand of God. And he is a promise to you and I that we too, if we are like him in his death and resurrection, we'll be like him in his, yeah, if we're like him in his death, if we're like him in his death, we'll be like him in his resurrection as well. Life. Okay, death was dwelling here. No more in Christ. If we're in Jesus, death is is not here. The corruption of death does not live here any longer. But, but there's life. And that's grace. Just, just to put it down, it, it, the scripture says, he, he says, because of God's great love for us, he has given us grace. Do we understand grace? Grace is, hey, we were dead in sins, we owed that. We owed the price, and that, that was going to be death. We were unworthy, we deserved it. Absolutely, we deserve Death. Instead, grace, God chose to send life through Jesus. He, decide, he planned, willed that God would, pro, that, that through Jesus, He will provide a salvation for us. All right? That's the helmet. That's the helmet. We must put the helmet on. Number two, point number two. We must put that helmet on, it must be received. Uh, God gives salvation to those who are going to wear it. <laughs> it, it. It has to be received. Now, I, I want to make it very clear. Salvation is not universal. I, I do a lot of funerals. And I do, I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people and, and, and even asking, oh yeah, they'll, they'll come along and agree, that, but yet they have no relationship with God. There's a lot of thoughts. Well, yeah, oh, we're okay, and 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 what I mean by salvation is not universal is oh, Jesus died, and so we're all okay. Everyone's okay. Go tell the community, hey, you're okay. Jesus died for you. Don't worry about it. That's not our message, is it? It's not at all. It's not at all. But that salvation is provided to those who are going to receive it. Now, the reason I even come to that, because there, I believe today that many assume that they're okay. Or, or many assume that they have the helmet. It's on. Boy, it's, or, it, it's already on their head. Um, but let me, let me go back here first. Let's talk about receiving the, uh, the, the helmet. Uh, the helmet, how do you put that on? You know, if we're thinking about a physical helmet being right here, well... 
how do I put that on? I have to you know, use my hands and my arm and, and I'll, I'll put it on my head. That makes sense. But how do you put on that salvation? How do you put on that helmet? Well, if we look at the scriptures, it requires, it requires belief. If we go to John 3.16, you know, it says, hey, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, believes in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. We go to verses 8 through 10, which Eric already read. Let me go back to that. In verse 8 it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So, what are the arms? The arms are your believing in Jesus. Believing that he is the Messiah. The arms are, 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 is that belief and that faith that, that then puts that helmet on. That receives that salvation. Now Berg made this, this point last week, and I'll make it again, that, that faith is activity. Faith, faith is active. It's not, not just something, hey, we claim faith and then have nothing to show for it. Faith works. Faith moves. It is active. And, and definitely, there, faith is active in what we're called to do. And one of those things is repentance. Repentance. And uh, receiving Jesus just makes sense. I need a Savior. Then you're well aware that you are sinful. And you need to be repenting of that sinfulness. It's, yeah, part of that is, man, I am so ashamed and sorry for the way I live. That's part of repentance. But it's also repentance with this idea that no longer am I living for the world. Instead, I'm living for God. No longer am I pursuing the things of the world, but I'm pursuing the things of God. That's repentance. It, it is the beginnings of transformation. There's changes going to take place when you, when you receive Christ as your Savior. When you use that faith and that believing, and, and you're set on a road to being transformed. Also, with that repentance, there's baptism. You know, we have water in here. Uh, baptism is that, that what... what uh, um, Specifically, Peter had said on that day when they said, well, what do we need to do? Well, we need to repent and be baptized. And, and actually, repentance and baptism goes hand in hand in a lot of ways. We talk about, and talk about transformation. You know, the, the emblem or, or what takes place in baptism when the person is laid down, we talk about that is the burial. And who are you burying? Well, that person of sin, that person of sinfulness, the one that Jesus uh, had died to do away with the sinfulness. And, and when they're raised, when they're brought out of the water, what is it? A new life in Jesus. A new life in Jesus. It, it, it's part of the beginnings. And, it's, and part of that's just active faith following the commands of what, what he's laid out. Uh, Paul later on says, man, what, what took place when you're, when you're baptized? Man, that's putting Christ on. It's like clothing yourself in Jesus. So there's, there's another active part. Uh, other activities is, is confessing Jesus as Lord and doing it before men. Not, not in your closet. I mean, that's a good place for prayer. But going out and saying, I am a follower. He is my Lord. I'm going to declare today, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Savior. He's my Savior. He's covered my sinfulness. Uh, it's also active in growing in maturity. You see, that's still part of the transformation. He's changing us. Are you with me on that? He's changing. I'm not, I'm not that person of sin 
that, that was so wrapped up in the things of the world, no longer am I there, but man, I am pursuing the things of God. And he's opening doors and, man, has given me his spirit. And all that is part of that activity and putting on and, and, and making sure that, that, that salvation that I'm wearing is, is active. Now, I think that's important to say because let me ask you this morning. Ready? Is it on? Do you have it on? Are you wearing the very salvation that God has provided? Is it on your head? <laughs> do you have that salvation? Or do you have that confidence that, that you're wearing it today? That, my third point is this. We can live with confidence that this helmet is on. We can live with confidence that this helmet is on. Again, I want to say this. I jumped to it a little too quick. But where are you placing that confidence? As I asked this morning, about is it on, what makes you so confident? <laughs> How do you know? And the, let, let me go back to this, this passage. A lot of us assume that we have the helmet on. In Matthew 7, 21 through 23, man, I think of this often. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. He is just, in context, he has just talked about false teachers. False teachers. And then he comes in verse 21, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Jesus is speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. There's obedience there, right? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do, did we not prophesy in your name? Did, did we not uh, drive out demons in your name? And in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Step back for a moment. Just listen to the words. This, this has made me step back and think. On, the, on that day, I mean, the physical death has passed and you go... And you stand before Jesus. And you knock on the door. What worse thing can you, can you hear coming out of the Savior's mouth than, I never knew you. I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoer. What worse words could we ever hear from the one who is our Savior. That, that's a blow. That, that, that's awful. But I tell you, there are many who place their confidence in false salvation. Many who place their confidence in false directions and false salvation, and, and perhaps even here. Uh, think about this. They said, Lord, Lord, or calling out to the Lord. Well, that, that ought to do it. And, and in many places, we've taken this, this thing of salvation and, and treated it like McDonald's or, or, or Burger King or something like that. Let's make salvation convenient. You pull up and we'll hand you the bag and you got salvation. Hey, pray, the, pray this prayer with me. Uh, and I'll just repeat after on my computer or on TV and, oh, I got salvation. Boom. Or, or bow your heads and raise your hands. I see that hand. I see that hand. And, oh, I, I, it, it, there are movements of convenience. And, and let, let me put this in there. I, some of you may began your life in Christ that way. But if that's all you do, 
you got trouble. If that's all the move that I've made in, in, in building my relationship with Christ is just to say a prayer and that was it, then, then it's possible that you're going to stand before Jesus and say, hey, I don't know you. As a matter of fact, I should even go here. That it's quite possible you've been in here because you had this, this check mark I want to take off. You know, oh, the, they say, well, this is what you need to be do. So I, there, I took care of it. I did my baptism. And if that's all you did, I never knew you. You see, in, in, in the context, when you're reading the whole scripture, it's not just one little item. Boy, I'm going to take care of this. Matter of fact, uh, Roxy sent me this uh, uh, illustration this week. She wasn't sure who, who actually said it, but, but let me share it with you. Basically, she heard many Christians walk around streaking. Now, now for those of you who are, uh, what, 20 and, and younger, you, do you know what streaking is? It's, yeah, buck naked and run across the stage. I mean, that's what, when I was a teenager, I remember that. I was always looking for the guy who's going to run behind just absolutely naked. That's, it's being naked, right? And, and so, so what he says is many Christians walk around streaking. They welcome the helmet of salvation, but don't use the other armor as it's too difficult. But I tell you what, the whole thing, yeah, I mean, it's not just the helmet, but if you're wearing that helmet, that breastplate of righteousness comes right along with it. Uh, the shoes of preparedness comes right along with it. The shield absolutely right along with it. And the sword of the Spirit, absolutely right along with it. Truth, and it's all based on that truth. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I, I, and I'll ask you again, are you ready? Matter of fact, we go on and, and other things that was said, you know, those in, in, in that Matthew chapter uh, 7 said, oh man, we did these great things for you. We did wonderful things. We prophesied, we did miracles, you know, and we cast out demons. Don't you know us? Nope. Nope. Because we know it's not. It's not what you do. It's what he's done. When I ask, where is your confidence? Where is your confidence that when you stand before Jesus, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Uh, or it's going to shout your name, Bill, good to see you. John, man, Yes. Rachel, woo! I've been waiting for you. This is the day. Where's the, is it that kind of confidence? Where do you have that confidence? Let me, let me hear you. Where's your confidence? Bottom line. It's what he did. <laughs> you see, oh, what is it? Faith, belief, ah, oh. no that it's Jesus. And man, that growing in faith, putting everything on, man, he is getting to know you. Well, he knows you well. But he's, he's going to know whether you belong to him or not. And please know, it's not just this simple step. It's not the convenience store. I'm going to hand you salvation in a bag and that's it. It's talking about a life that's turned over to Jesus that continues to be transformed on his behalf. A person that puts on every part of that armor, righteousness, the truth, the feet uh, fitted uh, with the preparedness of the gospel, the, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and, and that helmet of salvation. 
you're standing at that door. What's Jesus going to say? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Or is it going to be, depart from me. I never knew you. I, I, we're going to pray. We'll just end it there. But I think we're going to end it and go right into prayer. And here's the prayer. You know, God has done everything, everything that, that he, he has provided, and he has provided his Holy Spirit. And when I was approaching this, I just asked, God, may your spirit affect the hearts that are listening. And so I want you to listen to the spirit that's working in your heart right now. If there is conviction and you have uncertainty, uh, move. Move. <laughs> move. Faith, belief, do something about it. Move forward. Repentance. If you've never received Jesus before, you know, make it known. I want to I step forward in that repentance and, and baptism. And I want to be uh, moving forth in that faith of growing and becoming what God calls me to be. Eric's going to present that later. We're going to move into to communion here in just a moment. But first of all, let's pray for the awareness of what the Spirit is speaking to each of our hearts today. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for the helmet of salvation. Lord, you have provided it clearly. As we read through the Gospels, we see your Son come into this world. Oh, Lord, the teachings that he gave. The Father, the, the miraculous work that clearly identified him as, as your Son. But Father, we know most of all he came for the very purpose of dying upon the cross for our sinfulness. We praise you, Father, for your love. Your love is evident in him. And we pray, Father, to be a church that will not uh, ignore this gospel, this very message. We pray, Lord, we're not going to make it convenient, that we want people to step forward. We want people to speak and, and, and to ask and to pursue, Lord, and learn to live for you through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that your spirit is working upon hearts. If there's questions, if there's needs for, for, for some movement, Lord, we pray that you work in those hearts and help them to step and help them to make that move. God, we praise you for today. We praise you always for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.